is up, sweet cakes. This week we're going to find out who's hip anyway and if Earth Girls really are easy. And you know what you're going to do, little buckaroo? Well, I'm going to tell you, because all you got to do is ask your mom to listen to the next episode of Shonen and Sons, where tonight we talk about Cowboy Bebop knocking on heaven's door. Cody! What's up, man? (laughs) Cody! We're back. We're back for the next episode. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. And welcome to episode four of Shonen and Suds. This is exciting. We've got, you know, we had the intro, we had two. So, you know, this makes, by my math, you know, I'm not doing Scott Steiner math, but this this should be episode four by my counselor. Yeah, that's correct, man. Yeah, and we're going to, you know, we're here, we're going to finish up uh, Cowboy Bebop, where tonight we're going to cover the, uh, the mismatch, mishmash blues episode, and we're going to talk about my actual, what I think is the highest of highest points in the entire franchise, um, the Cowboy Bebop movie. Um, but, you know, Cody, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. You know, there's, there's something we like to do when we start this cast, and watch your drinking. All right, Chris. Well, we got another Anheuser Busch staple here. Mm, my my a longtime friend of the of the cast, the Budweiser Select, only ninety nine calories. Mm, well, you know, what Cody, you, I'm definitely not that fancy. You know, there's probably a nice malted, mellow after dinner flavor there. But um, you know, I figure I, I'm also doing some rot gut. You know, just uh, just some Lagvulin uh, sixteen. Single malt scotch, you know, it's no Bud, you know, Budweiser Select, but you know, yeah, we yeah. get by. Um, we do love our single malt scotches here on uh, Shonen and Suds, and I'm a big fan of the Isla scotches, the ones that are super peaty and like super bitter and earthy, like like I'm just eating wet dirt. <laughs> it sounds awful, but you know, it gets the job oh, done. It is absolutely delicious, and I couldn't think of a better drink to have. Again, you know, we're going through Bebop. You know, I want to kind of keep it classy with you know some sort of uh, some sort of stiff drink because we're we're diving into some stiff stuff tonight, sir. But you've you've got some news, Cody. You've been uh you know you've been out there in the streets with your pad and your fedora with your giant camera and the word press sticking out of your hat. You got some 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 news for us. Yeah, really, just some news uh, mainly. About the cast, I, I finally am upgrading from this 2011 MacBook. Uh, we got we got a new laptop on the way. Uh, so everybody who's been asking me about our audio issues, hopefully we can put that to rest uh, on on the next episode, not this one. You guys got to suffer through this. So, um, <laughs> but Chris, Absolutely. these are still these are still the growing pains. You know that's, what I mean? That's right, Chris. We got a uh, we got our first iTunes review though. Well, our first—I should say—I I should say our first two. Um, You've just doubled my pleasure, Cody. Talk but, to me. What, what, are, are we going to read these? You're going to read these off? Okay. Well, the first one is me, so I won't read that one. Uh, <laughs> but but it is a five star, so. Of course it is. Got to play. You're a five star man. <laughs> uh, but our first one, we got it from King Swagzilla Six Nine. He's already my favorite. Yep. Or she. It is a he. I do know that for sure. Um, okay. <clears throat> and he says sick anime content. That is it. Five hey, star that's review. That's all we need. That's all I need to know. Uh, you know, just you know, we want we were doing this, you know, for you guys, and you know, we can only get better if you guys, you know, tell us what we need to improve on. You know, we're already remedying what we honestly think is probably the biggest hiccup that we have, and that's just the audio quality. Um, and I think from there, as we kind of you know, get into our get into our rhythm and figure things out. It's just going to go a lot smoother. But you know, 
Right now, absolutely. And uh, if you guys want to leave us a review on iTunes, um, we will read it on the show, good or bad. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if it's scathing, we're still going to read it. I can't promise I'll do it with a straight face, but I'll definitely <laughs> read it. Yep. And then, the <clears throat> that's right. And then, Chris, uh, we also got a question this week. And that question is, will we be reviewing any Studio Ghibli slash Hayao Miyazaki films? Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there's no other way to put it. I mean, those are those movies are timeless. Um, and they're some of the best offerings, you know, in all of anime. They're, I mean, they're all... They're all just absolute classics, and they, they really tug at the heartstrings. And I, I, I think they're some of the best movies ever made, not just anime, but they're also just some of them are pretty like genre bending. Some of them just kind of take classic stories. You know, Spirited Away is kind of the big one, and I can't wait to do that one because that's that's one of the ones that garnered like a lot of attention here in the states. Like, I believe it won an Academy Award for Best Animated Movie the year it was out, which is huge. Right, no, absolutely. I know we kind of, I kind of bounced the idea off you uh, before we started the cast about if a show doesn't have a movie, maybe we could slot in like a Studio Ghibli or, you know, just just another big animated movie. Yeah, I mean, because there, there's a ton of them, right? There's a ton of good standalone anime movies. The Ghibli movies, um, Akira, um, you know, Vampire Hunter D, you name it. There's a lot of just good old, just solid, solid anime movies out there that we could just slide in. So, you know, there's no lack of content for us. Yep, and uh, speaking of content, Chris, before we get to the before we get to the Cowboy Bebop movie, you said we we're gonna start with something uh, called the Mishmash Blues. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, Cody, tell us a little bit about this one. This was something that aired only in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, um, and it was part of the initial release of Cowboy Bebop, not for like not the full series, <laughs> but this was a part of that initial kind of hodgepodge release where only certain episodes were aired due to the amount of violence in Japan. Is that correct? Yeah. So this one, it actually aired as the final episode in the original run of the show. Okay. Um, and it wasn't aired outside of Japan. Um, and basically, it's kind of like a... It's just the character, the main characters of the show just kind of giving some life advice and like providing their perspectives. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of rhetoric, man. Um, it's... I think it's worth watching in this because, well, you know, the music, the music in the in, in the episode is fucking gas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of a lot of funk and a lot of hip hop um, inspired, uh, you know, tunes throughout the episode. It's like separated into a bunch of different parts, and usually the parts involve one character talking, mostly, you know, mostly kind of like rhetorical um, thinking about the universe kind of stuff, and then. Sometimes, you know, some life advice is sprinkled in there. Um, not mu- Honestly, not much happening. The, the biggest thing I took away from it, honestly, was uh, I, do have an, I do enjoy the segment where they were talking about bebop music. And, you know, and if anybody's not familiar, which, um, you know, I'm not a big music guy, but, you know, bebop was kind of pioneered by guys like Charlie Parker and uh, Dizzy Gillespie. Um and it's more so like kind of like an offshoot, like subgenre. Yeah, we actually get to find out that that's like the reason, the naming behind the ship, right? Yeah, which is really really cool when you start digging into it, because like bebop is kind of like a moody, very off center kind of genre of, or subgenre of jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just that style of music, like I mean, really 
really sums up just the bebop and the crew in general, right? It's a, I think it's a very deep, very fitting kind of metaphor. So that was, that was actually my biggest takeaway that like, you know, I didn't think about the ship in conjunction with that style of music, but it's, it definitely describes the ship and its crew to an absolute T eccentric, moody, off center, just really, really neat connection there. Yeah. So I don't know what you thought of this. Um, I thought it was okay. I, I liked seeing like a lot, like a montage of like the clips from the show. Uh-huh. Uh, and obviously I enjoyed the music, uh, but I yeah. really enjoy it at the end because it starts off kind of, kind of sad. It makes it seem like this is actually like, at least if you were watching this on its original run, that this might be the actual last episode. Yeah, but then like, it, like a, it's a, a big farewell kind of thing. Yeah, and then at the end you get the little glimmer of hope that you'll get to see the real Cowboy Bebop someday, um, which obviously, yep. eventually Japan and obviously the United States and everywhere else, now we have it. Yeah. I want to say it was only a few months after that, maybe six, eight months, six or seven months after this aired that we got the show in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't much longer after that. But six months, if you're waiting on something, six months is a hell of a time to wait. Yeah, especially if you're watching the show like week in and week out, waiting for the next episode and all that stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would suggest watching it if you're a fan of Cowboy Bebop. Um, it's just really just to complete really the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, there's it, it is. It's just if you want for the completionist and everyone, it's just you know. But I mean, there's not much happening there. You you're not taking away from the show, from the the narrative if you don't watch it. But it's definitely just that kind of fourth wall kind of thing. Like if you if you're interested in just you know hearing the hearing the voice actors, Japanese voice actors, you know, reprise their roles and just some semi sage advice uh, from the past. Uh, except for Ed, Ed was just kind of all over the fucking place. <laughs> um, as always, but no, it, it's it's worth watching. You can actually pull it up on YouTube. It's twenty minutes. It's, you know, it, you're not hurting yourself. You can watch it. You know, if you're t- taking a massive dumper, you can watch it in one dumper. <laughs> so. This is true, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I would su- I would suggest watching it, um, but not as much as I would suggest watching Knocking on Heaven's Door, Chris. Jesus Christ, Cody, 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 Cody. I am such a fan of this movie. Um, this um. Before we get into it, let me just do a real quick tale of the tape here as far as, you know, the Bebop movie. It was released in Japan in September of 2001, September 1st, 2001. And there, there's that month and that year again. Um, and it wasn't released in the States actually for a couple years. Um, and I do want to say that some of that delay was due to 9-11. Um, but I do know um, it was showed like in, uh, shown in very, like, limited screenings and you know they did sell out um but it was it received a limited theatrical release in the united states on april 4th 2003 and it actually did okay it was um that week that opening weekend it was 19th in the box office or which is solid for you know an anime movie which up until recently those have been kind of niche in theaters um and I want to say, in America, it grossed over a mil, um, and worldwide, it grossed over three million. So, I mean, that's that's a solid, you know, turnout considering, you know, the time of year when anime was still very much niche. I mean, it's it's becoming a lot more mainstream these days, but in two thousand one, like it was still very much, you know, kind of an unknown. I mean, it was very much a, like a subculture kind of thing. But I 
know, Cody, I actually had the chance to see this movie in theaters. Uh, there was a, I lived, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia. There was this um, little theater down the end of the street that I lived on. I lived kind of in a downtown area. Um, and it was like one of these downtown areas, like old, like turn of the century homes. Um, I was, I was just, uh, it was actually like the last year I was living with my parents at home uh, before I moved out. Um, and then there was a little theater. They showed a lot of indie movies and um, they showed like Rocky Horror Picture Show every Friday. It was one of those kind of old timey theaters with a balcony, things like that. Well, they actually got the Cowboy Bebop movie. It was the only theater in like the entire Hampton Roads area, which is five cities. Um, that got it, and I could walk there. I mean, it was a two-minute walk from my house. You could throw a football from my front porch to this theater, which was super hype. Um, so I went and saw it. It was there for a week only. I went there and saw it every night that it was open. Oh, wow. um, and it was such a treat um, because, first of all, you know, I love Cowboy Bebop, and the fact that, you know, I got to see... This was one of the... I want to say this was the second, no, the third anime movie I had ever seen in theaters. Because um, I think, it, um, if I'm getting my timeline mixed up, I think, um, when was Spirited Away? I think Spirited Away was 2001. Alright, let me think. Then, so then it was... I'll double check. Okay, I'll yes, double check. It was, it, was, it was 2002. So yes, this was the third. I always get this one in Spirited Away mixed up because the first anime movie I ever saw in theater was Akira. Mm-hmm. Then I saw Spirited Away and then Cowboy Bebop. So, um, so it, this one, this one has a you know a very special nostalgic place in my heart because I'll never every time I watch this movie I'm actually taken back to that theater, um, seeing it all on the big screen for the first time. Eating, Sitting there eating popcorn, drinking drinking a nice cold soda pop. Um, what was also <laughs> really cool about this theater is they did let you bring alcohol in. So you know, I, 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 I had uh, uh, I got a couple on while I was watching it, but not the first night. Though the first night I was all fucking business. Yeah. So what what was what was that experience like? What did what did you think of the film originally? Uh, I fell in love with it immediately. Um, I just loved the pacing, um, the animation. Obviously, the quality was just through the roof. Um, and the, the music, Cody, uh, and, and that's kind of, you know, we sound like a broken record when we're talking about the music for Cowboy Bebop, but the intro, cause, um, you know, the movie starts with the, um, with the, the gas station, like the, or the convenience store, like the robbery and the, them collecting that bounty. But then it goes into this really, really fucking cool, like photo realistic kind of, like, I don't know if you're in, like, New York or, like, San Francisco or, you know, in, in a city in Japan. Like, it, it just, it's, it's this intro with this really cool song uh, by the Fleet Belts um, called Ask DNA, um, which is actually where the little intro I said this morning, that was, like, or at the beginning this morning, the beginning of this episode, those were lyrics from the, uh, the song that they play at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, like, that intro still fucking slaps. Um, that, um... Like that song is just super, super, just chill and just funky and just, and it just, it really just kind of gets you in the mood for, for this ride we're, you know, we're getting ready to go on. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's an ex- like this movie is an experience, and I urge anybody if you if you're still not if you're not sold on watching the Cowboy Bebop show, 
go to, if there's a movie stop in your area, a Walmart, you should be able to find this movie at Walmart still on DVD, Blu-ray, get it on Amazon. It is completely worth whatever price you need to pay to get it. It is, an, I, I, I used to own it, and I don't know where the hell it went. I think it was something that got misplaced in, in a series of moves, but... It's, it's just one of those movies, man, that it's always going to have a special spot. It's going to be, it's one of my all-time favorites. Um, and it just it's just such a great journey from start to finish. Um, and I can't wait to dive into it a little bit. Well, let's just do right that. Let's just do that, Chris. Uh, <clears throat> well, I've got my swimming trunks on. I'm ready to dive in deep <laughs> in, baby. Let's got, do it. Got your floaties on? All right. Uh, oh, floaties on, sunscreen. We are ready. We're not getting burnt. We're having a good time. Well, you already... We are- <laughs> you kind of we touched... are poolside. We are loaded and floated, boys. That's right. And you kind of touched on the intro. Of this um, about you talked about the convenience store. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Spike and Jet they're on they're chasing a bounty. Uh, currently, we got a robbery in progress at this convenience store. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Jet he's uh he informs Spike that there's three guys inside. This part's so fucking good. Yeah, and he got it's so great. You got like the the leader of these thugs. He's kind of uh, like harassing the cashier, basically saying, "Give me the money." Yeah, just doing some like doing some gun some gunpoint preaching, as it were. Like the whole, "Hey, I work for this security company. That's how I know how to hack it." Because but then they laid me off, you know. So like clearly, just kind of shoehorning in a reason for why he's doing what he's doing, as as if it's like a, like doing it for a no, you know, just a kind of like a Robin Hood kind of mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's justified in what he's doing. Yep, and then, obviously, Spike comes rolling in. He's got his headphones in. He's just kind of jamming on some music, and then, uh... Well, well, first, he kicks the shit out of the dude watching the door. Because um, mm-hmm. yeah. he's just uh, he's just rolling up, and, you know, he seems, like, pretty lackadaisical. Because, you know, the the movie begins with, pretty much, it shows Spike sleeping and wakes up. Like, the beginning of almost every other goddamn episode. Well, he, uh... <laughs> he gets to the door, and the guy's, like, at the door, like, putting his hand in his chest, like, Hey, man, you know, buzz off. But then Spike just gets back on his haunches and just just punts this guy to the fucking moon. <laughs> yep, and then he uh, he rolls inside. He's got his headphones in, like I said. And then uh, the leader guy, Ringy, he, yep. he he kind of comes up and he's trying to get Spike's attention, basically. And Spike's he's I think he's looking at like candy bars or he's looking at something. Yeah, some little novelty because he ends up popping like a little like like a little cracker or something in the guy's face with like little confetti and stuff in it. Yeah, he's like, how much does this cost? And then, obviously, he gives him the business. Oh, gives him the fucking <laughs> big, the business end of his feet, that's for sure. <clears throat> just, take, just just takes the fucking wood to him, and then just cools him off with a hot cup of coffee. Yep, and then we got Jet. He jumps in through the ceiling, takes out the other guy. Uh, yep. But then, Chris will have... Well, Spike, well, Spike also takes the other guy and like flips him over the, um, flips him over the, the aisle and you know, takes him out. And they think it's mission accomplished, right? <laughs> and then, but then they hear the fucking they hear the toilet flush, and all of a sudden, like some, some dude just kind of walk, he walks out of the bathroom and like looks, like look looks at the like the floor, looks at Spike, looks at Jet, and then just grabs this old woman and holds her at gunpoint. And of course, Spike, in his typical lackadaisical fashion, is just like Jet. I thought there was only three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jet like feeds him some art of war bullshit, and it spikes like Jet out. Jet, I don't have time for your shit. And he's like, you, you take too long taking a shit. Yep. Yeah, and he basically he's like, hey, put your guns down. 
Otherwise, I'm going to shoot this old lady, and Spike's like, okay, I don't I don't care what you do to this lady. And then, of course, she gets mad, tries to squirm away, just calling Spike a son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And that's when Spike just, you know, blasts the guy. Doesn't kill him, gets him, like, in the shoulder, it looks like, and knocks him back into the freezer. And, um, when they, um, when, and of course, leading into that intro, we have a nice little line where the old woman's like, he called you a cowboy. What did he mean by that? And of course, she does the whole cool hand Luke fucking blow on the barrel of his gun and says, just a humble bounty hunter, man. And then cue the fucking intro. God damn it, Cody. I couldn't, you, you can't, you can't draw that up any better than that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a great intro to the, it's really just the movie in general and it, you really get the feeling of like, what like these guys are about like the doing these bounties and stuff like that and then the music like chris said if you guys don't have time for the show like at least watch the movie yeah but yeah then we uh, then we uh then we move back to the bebop after the song ends of course yep and uh we got jet and spike and they're playing uh they're playing a little game of shogi and uh Mm -hmm. jet's kind of giving spike a hard time because he's not really He's kind of nonchalantly playing it. He's not really caring like about his moves. He's, he's making like super bad moves, like super just like, well, whatever, it's your turn. God, you take too long. All right, my turn, yeah. Like playing very like aggro and impatient, like like he's not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he just falls asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-game. Um, <laughs> and then we uh, then we flash to our old buddy, uh, Faye Valentine. Indeed, where she is jamming out to another great fucking song on this uh, from the seatbelts. Um, so real quick, so there, this song and another song are there's there's a small little mini album that was done by the seatbelts for this movie. It's like a five track album. Um, Ask DNA is the title track, and obviously the name of the album. This song that Faye's listening to, it's a very kind of poppy kind of. It's a very Faye kind of song, and it's a. It's called uh, Cosmic Dare, I believe is the name of it. It's just like just super upbeat Faye, just floating around. Um, she's in her, I forget the name of her ship, but she's in that. Um, she's actually tracking down a bounty. Um, she's after a hacker named Lee Sampson. Um, which, by all rights, this is this is just an easy, you know, this is like a like a fucking after breakfast. Yeah, I'm gonna go do this, and I'll be back. I'll be back before tea, kind of thing. Yeah, I think. Well, hold on. I think she said after she stopped at the horse tracks or something like that, she was basically there to take care of this bounty and then yeah. come on yeah, back. Just, uh, yeah, this was just this, she was stopping to get some, uh, you know, get some beer after work, that kind of thing. Um, but hold on, that's not exactly what happened. So she's following this truck mm-hmm. um, where, where she thinks that uh, Lee Sampson, this hacker, is. Um, but so she sees getting out of the truck because the truck stops and she sees the person getting out of it is definitely not the person she's tracking um and she's just kind of confused and then like she's keeping an eye on this person and the truck just fucking explodes yep just just setting off this just just this real crazy just kind of which i can again when you start looking at this bomb exploding right in the middle of you know, rush hour traffic. You can see how maybe the the nine eleven delays start to kind of kick in a little bit more. Right. Um. But. Um. Yeah, and then she sees him. He kind of just like walks to the edge of the bridge that he's standing on and just jumps off, basically. Yep. And, yep, then, and then, then we have a lighthearted, like, little comedy moment here because Faye gets back to the ship. 
um, and just tells everybody what went on. But like they're um, like it's on the news, and they're talking about like this wasn't just a, this. This was like a bio terrorist. Like they're they're like, a virus was spread uh, from the the trunk, the tanker that exploded, and now like they look at Faye and they like look at each other. <laughs> And they just like start just fucking running away from her, right? Because they think she might be contagious, basically. Yep. Um, but yep. she basically says she's not infected. Um, and then they kind of hear up from the TV uh, that there's a bounty out for the person that did it for three hundred million yep. wulongs. Yep. So all, all that running around and being scared comes to an ass grinding halt. They're like three hundred million. They are. They're, they're in. They are fucking in. Yep. And then we uh. And we flash to a hospital, basically, and uh, we see a couple of detectives uh, talking with some doctors, and they're basically just trying to figure out, like, what's going on, mm-hmm. like, what that, what exactly what this is. virus is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to do with, like, um, like lymphocytes, and I want to, like, I, I'm trying to remember, because, uh, believe it or not, Cody, like, I actually didn't get a chance to watch this movie this week, because I could couldn't find it online that where I could download it. I know there's some sites you gave me. So a lot of what I'm talking about, I'm going from memory. Just because oh. I've seen I haven't seen this movie in a few years, but I love it so much. So a lot of what I'm doing is uh is um, going off of memory. Um, and I feel bad because like I wanted to watch it. I actually wanted to buy it again because but it wasn't on Prime anywhere. So I I'd, I'd still be waiting for it for like another three weeks had I bought it. So No, you're all good. Um, basically, yeah, what what it is is an abnormal lymphocyte count. It basically, it's stabilized and it's increasing brain pressure. Um, but they're kind—they of, don't really—they—they they well, don't really they, know what to do about it yet. Well, I know they—they—they I know, they, they, they know it's not like a nerve agent, so they—they they, they can eliminate some of the things that it is, or that it isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not smallpox or Ebola or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we kind of go back to the ship. Um, Faye basically tells the crew about. The bounty that she was after. And who she actually ended up seeing. Um, now, I know the the big thing is there was a picture. I don't know if this comes now, but the, all they have to really go on is a picture of uh, this guy, and he's holding his hand up, and you catch a glimpse of a, a tattoo mm-hmm. on his wrist. On his, is it on his hand or on his wrist? I think it's on his wrist. Yeah, it's kind of like an, somewhere around there, basically on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, he has a tattoo on his arm, and... Um, and that, it's kind of fuzzy. They don't really know what's, you know, they don't really know what to make of it yet. There's not a lot of information to go on it. You know, it's, it's Spike in typical lackadaisical fashion. You know, Spike says he'll look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Spike goes to kind of a, um, I don't want to, like, almost like a Moroccan style type, um, just really enclosed kind of marketplace type area. Yeah, he's, he, he's searching for a bean, a bean seller, basically. Um, yep. And that's when he comes across Rashid. Uh, mm-hmm. Spike basically goes to light a cigarette, and this guy comes up with like a grenade lighter. Yep, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the guy he speaks to, like he he, he seems like he knows more than he's letting on. Like he knows what Spike's you know coming to you know get. But he's like very like very feeding Spike from the long end of the spoon, like very like playing stupid essentially. And this is where he um he takes Spike over to a uh um, a shop and. There's a uh, a vase mm-hmm. that Spike purchases. Uh, that's uh, I won't say Rashid um, says yeah. this is what you want. That kind of thing. Yeah, and Spike, not realizing what's going on, he's like, he basically doesn't want it. But Rashid's like insisting that he takes this. 
Uh, and then Rashid kind of dips out of the of the store, and then Spike comes out to try and find him. Uh, can't see him anywhere around. Uh, then you see this like this woman in like a clo- like a cloaked kind of garb. Uh, and Def- definitely clocking him, seeing where you know, seeing what he's going on, and when Spike Spike realizes it, and then she pieces out too. Yep. And then while this is all going down, uh, Jet's making he's basically at a movie with his old friend Bob. Oh, well, fucking Bob, my man Bob. Um, but you get some uh, you get some details um on the on well you're starting to get some more you know backstory here, right? You um you realize that they're um. That there's a there's another kind of incident that was related a, uh, a space transport that was belonged to uh, a medical was it uh, Sheris Medical or something like that Sheris Sheris mm-hmm. something like that um, that there was a space transport that was registered to that medical that pharmaceutical uh, pharmaceutical company um, and it was found with uh, empty cargo and the driver had been killed um, but it wasn't reported missing or anything that's the weird thing um, but I guess the uh, the medical company didn't want to like I don't know if that Bob kind of made it seem like they didn't want to, like, you know, put out any heat. They didn't want to, yeah. they didn't want to make a spectacle or get the press involved. And Bob pretty much just mentioned that, you know, the ISSP just, they don't really care. Yeah, it seems like the pharmaceutical company's hiding something. They want to keep this basically under wraps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, um, and that's when the story kind of starts to, it kind of starts to get a little more larger in scope. Um, but now we, um, we cut. We actually get to see um, Lee Sampson, mm-hmm. um, and you see that he's he's just kind of like this little, kind of Weasley, just kind of hacker kid, right? Um, big kind of gamer that you know wants to finally play the bad guy for once, essentially. Um, and of course, he is with the other, the guy who was actually driving the truck. So you see, that these two are actually in cahoots, mm-hmm. um, and they're stopped by the police, but you know. They, Police get fucking blown away immediately by uh, the driver. I keep wanting to say his name so badly, but they don't reveal his name yet. So I'm trying to yeah. trying to keep it. Yeah, we got to dance um, around that for now. Uh. Exactly, exactly. Um, but they uh, so what happens is they actually you know, their destination is a uh, like a warehouse, and I want to say it's a uh, there's like a Halloween parade coming up. Is this movie takes place like a couple days before Halloween? Um, yeah, it's kind of. I want to say there's like uh there's it's a warehouse where like the parade like the floats and stuff are if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you kind of see like a bunch of jack lanterns all up on the shelves. Um, mm-hmm. and this is where we meet Murata. Um, yeah. And basically, this this black haired man comes up to him, uh, basically gives him some money. Yep. So uh, I mean, it's just pretty much uh you know money for uh you know this uh, whatever's in this case. Um, <clears throat> and I want to say that uh, what's in this case is actually the virus that um or a virus that is. The same one that exploded in the tanker. Yeah, 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 it is. And uh, basically, he, he tells Murata that he'll, he'll get the rest of the money after the party, in quotes. Yep. Um, yep, which leads to, you know, you, you wonder, you know, there's there's clearly a bigger bigger target here. We just don't know what that is yet. Um, and then we're going to flash back to the old Bebop here. Um, and now they're doing some, uh, some research. Well, Faye and Ed, but mostly Ed, because, you know, Faye is just pretty useless when it comes to stuff like this um and they're trying to figure out you know they're trying to see what they can find about this tattoo um see what it's all about but they, they um the only thing they know is that the tattoo belongs to uh mars special forces and they're looking through um special forces like um like i guess previous members um 
players are going through Ein Barks at a particular picture. Um, and the name, the guy's name is uh, Vince, uh, Vincent. Um, I don't remember his last name. I'm not even going to try to pronounce uh, yeah, it. Uh, I, I know it begins with a V. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, we, they basically refer to him as Vincent throughout the whole movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then they, they kind of put two and two together. Um, and then the they they catch that um, the money the money that was uh, transferred in the exchange uh, that was registered to Samson he actually uses it mm-hmm. um, and, and, and fucking flags it. Um, so Faye is out there trying to get the guy and uh, Spike Spike's coming in holding this vase and I think uh, I think Edward's like oh what's that a fish tank or something like that. Yeah, they kind of all everybody starts coming back to the bebop. Jet comes back. He tells him about the information he got from Bob. Um, and this is when Ed kind of goes <laughs> for a dive into the vase. Yep, yeah, Ed just dives in, like, whole body and pulls out the... I want to say she has it in her mouth. Yeah. Um, it's a, a marble. Yeah, basically it's like a marble, which actually, I don't think we touched on it. At the very, very beginning of the movie, you kind of see this guy, he's playing marbles. Oh, yeah, he's in, like, an, like an old, just, like, abandoned room, just mm-hmm. dicking around with these blue marbles. I think he, like, drops some of them on the floor or something like that. Yeah, it's very, it's very like, a like kind of like an ominous scene. You don't really know what, what it's about just yet. Um, but anyhow, then Faye, she leaves. She goes to an arcade where she finds uh, Samson. He's kind of playing, like, this, uh, I don't know, like a, yeah. like a gun game, basically. Yeah, playing some time crisis, essentially. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest, but... I don't know if they got that in, in Mars, but, you know, maybe. Well, it doesn't, and, and, like, Faye, Faye creeps up behind him and, like, shoots the screen or something, doesn't she? I can't remember. She either shoots the screen or he just keeps playing because he doesn't, he doesn't, point is he doesn't give a shit that she's there. Yeah, until she shoots the screen and causes him, he's about to get, like, his high score. Yep. Um, yep, and, he, and then, um, he, he's definitely not concerned because he just, uh, he just pretty much uses it. He has, like, a little, like, Batman utility belt type situation and, like, like fucks up the electricity in the building so he can escape. Yeah, and uh, she tries to pursue him. Uh, he gets away. She, she gets his hat. That's right. Meanwhile, back on the bebop, um, Ed's doing like some uh, some research on this marble. Yeah, uh, and they find that it's a lymph lymph lymphocyte lymphocyte. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they realize that they're not normal, and they they're doing some tests basically, like with with. It's like a little oven, like a microwave type thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Spike, he's off. He's actually uh, kind of exploring the, the the pharmaceutical company. Um, he's he's, uh, he's got the old fucking the old fucking janitor disguise, the yeah. classic. Yeah, well, he sees the he sees a cleaning company go in, and then he actually mm-hmm. he steals one of their vehicles, gets dressed up yep. like one of them, and basically sneaks in to to Cheerios Medical. And this is where we meet the, um, well, we officially meet uh, the person that was actually watching him back in the, um, back in the, the marketplace. Uh, her name is uh, Electra, Electra Oviroa, I believe. Yeah, Electra. Um, yep. And um, I guess she is a, I guess she works for this company. Um, I don't know if she's like head of security. I can't remember if she's like head of security or if she's just a cop. Um, again, I'm, I'm going off of memory, but I know she's, uh, I know she has ties to Vincent. That's the only, but you don't. But we don't know that yet. Here I am jumping the gun. No, you're good. It, you we kind of see like her talking to her boss basically, um, about the what happened on at the marketplace, and 
He's basically like, hey, you need to el- eliminate Mandelo and Vincent. Um, so when she leaves this, she passes by Spike, and Spike's kind of just like, I don't know what he's trying. He's, he's just doing a real shitty job. Yeah, he's, he's like, like sweeping he's like the, the wall. Guy, he'd be like, he's like the guy who'd be like vacuuming the wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just basically it's essentially what he's doing, and uh, she recognizes him from the marketplace, and uh, she basically points a gun at him. He's he's kind of spitting a little bit of game at her, and then uh, this spike. yeah, this is where we get like probably my favorite scene. One of my favorite scenes from the movie is like this little broomstick fight that he has with her. Yeah, um, yeah, it was really really cool. He, he uses the broomstick as like a staff and just just pretty much outclasses her every step of the way. Yeah, and then. Obviously, some more security guards show up, so he's kind of got to run. He manages to escape, um, hits him with like the fire extinguisher, and basically just uses the cleaning truck to escape because she orders them to close this gate, and then he he gets out of there. Yep, and then we um, and then it cuts to back to Samson, and we get like this uh this crazy like little hacker um. Like, I want to say he's, he's passing, like, he's in a public, like, street area, and there's, like, this giant screen that pops up with, like, this, uh, this little, like, this bandaged-up jack lamp. There's like, and there's a message that shoots across it. Um, I don't know what that message says. I know it says something about, like, uh, you'll find, like, I'll scare you to the bone or something like that, uh, or something about your bone marrow. I don't, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, it says, Happy Halloween, Trick or Treat, I'm So Tiny. That no one can find so great that no one can see, but you are all made of me to the marrow, is what it oh, says. Gotcha, gotcha. I was fucking close. I'm actually impressed how much I remember from this. Um, yeah, it's kind of just so, like a, a cryptic message, and it appears basically on all screens, like any anywhere where there's a TV or like a like a billboard or anything like that. But I um, but then after that. That's when you know we're we're still back on the bebop here, and they uh, because the message flashes like they get the message as well, um, and they connect it to the uh, the lymphocytes, the marble, mm-hmm. um, and they the lymphocytes are actually um, they're like they're like nano machines, or no, they're not so much machines because they're, they're protein based, um, and they're starting to put together that that's the that's I guess the research uh, and the product that was in the the space freighter so it's all starting to come together here yeah it all seems like this pharmaceutical company like they're digging up more and more on on them essentially um yeah it sounds like they've made a uh, they've made a bioweapon it sounds like and but you know i don't know if they i don't know if they've come to that conclusion quite yet but um because at this point Faye kind of pieces out um because they uh i want to say doesn't she find something in his in, uh, in the guy's hat that she has i feel yeah. like she finds something in his hat because that's what try that's what makes her leave Oh no, um, no! Ed Nine stole the hat. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Ed, Ed Nine steal the fucking hat, and they're because uh, they're they're going to look for him. Like they're they're like Ed sniffing the hat, and they're going like they're just going on the trail to find this fucker. Yeah, Ed's Ed's kind of she's pretending basically to go trick or treating, so she's like that's right. just knocking on all different doors. Um, and then they yeah, see they find, that, and they find Samson like walking to like an apartment or something like that. Right, and that's when Ed basically tells Faye about it. Um, and then Faye, Faye arrives at the location. We also, Spike kind of, when he, he comes back to the Bebop as well, um, and basically tells him that the woman that he had come across, 
I can't think of her name. Electra, that's her name. Yep. Uh, she had the same tattoo uh, that Vincent had. That's right. That's why they know that they're tied together. And he uh, he does mention that, like, the security was, like, fucking, like, yeah. armed to the teeth with, like, like, what kind of, why does a pharmaceutical company have, like, a, like, like a military-grade, like, security force or something like that? Right. And then, so Faye, she goes to the location where Ed saw Samson. Uh, basically, she goes inside and comes across. Well, we actually see Samson go inside first, I should say. And yep. it's Vincent. He's just sitting there, kind of like playing cards. Yep. And uh, and this is this is where uh, he actually uh, Vincent actually kills um, Samson here. Like he um he like he like shoots one of the marbles or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shoots it into him, yep. killing him. Uh, and this is where Faye, she sees like a window break. She's down on the street. And she runs up, uh, she actually runs up to the, uh, to where the window broke. And this is where she finds, uh, Samson dead. Um, and then she starts to kind of feel the same thing happening to her. Um, and of course Vincent's right behind her. And this is where you start to wonder, it's like, well, why, why isn't he affected by this? Mm-hmm. And I think Faye like shoots him in the hand or something, like shoots his thumb off or some shit or. Yeah, she shoots him because he, like, puts his hand on her gun or something. She shoot, or, like, when she shoots, he, like, grabs the gun and it shoots. Like, it either nicks his hand or, like, shoots his thumb off. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, it shoots him in the hand. Um, mm-hmm. But she's she's succumbing to, basically, like, the virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kind of, he's, like, he's, he's, he's a weird character. He's, like, licking his hand, like, from the blood. And then he's kissing her. And it's, like, you don't really know what's up with him and why he's not affected by the virus. Uh, and then yep. you got, then we 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 flash back to Spike. Uh, he's basically listening in on like the communications between Electra and the people that she has looking for Vincent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody basically sees Vincent leaving the building. Uh huh. And he's heading to. Uh, this is actually my favorite part in the whole movie, um, other than the intro. Um, he's heading to a uh, like a like a, a train essentially, just a, a electric rail car. Um, so you see Spike just navigating the floors, trying to get on the same train as Vincent, and um, he narrowly gets it up because the, the the train goes, and he's just running along the rails, and actually has to like jump down and shoot the window out to get in. Um, but he does it like a kind of a, just you know last second kind of way because as that train's going, there's another one coming around. So he just yeah, no, he just shoots through and just gets in, and that's when um. Like he has, he tells people to scatter, and he shoots the window out. And I want to say Electra actually gets on the she gets on the train before him. Yeah, yeah, they're both on the on it on the trail basically. Uh, Spike gets to him first. Yep. he's kind of got him at gunpoint. Uh, they have then, a little bit of a, they have a little bit of a shootout. Um, and I remember the the part that made me kind of go whoa was when they go they they go to the next car, and there's like a dude like sitting there and like. He just gets in the way and like gets his fucking noggin blown off. Like he gets his straight head shotted. Yeah, um, he gets shot up. Um, but they kind of get to a little standoff. Um, uh, Spike won't shoot him obviously because he doesn't want to kill him because he doesn't want to lose the bounty. He money. wants that fucking bounty, and I know I know Electra's like trying to get through because as they're going through the cars, like everybody's fucking going in the opposite direction. So Electra's trying to yeah, the civil- elbow her way and fight her way through the crowd. Yeah, and she eventually makes it there. And uh, she's kind of standing right behind Spike, and this is where Vincent actually, he kind of tilts his gun past Spike and shoots her. Yep. And, yep, then, and when, uh, 
when she does that, and Spike actually um, they, they they have a they have another quick little shootout, and Spike actually like jumps over some of the seats, and then just proceeds to just just fucking put the fucking work on him. But like, you know, he he takes Vincent out. Like I mean, he's like he's like fucking kicking him just back like straight up and down like six ways to fucking Sunday. Um, but like he gets Vincent down and he gets over top of him, and like Vincent just fucking just iron claws yeah. his chest, um, and just starts squeezing and you see like he's actually punctured skin and he's just like got the, the like the fucking mankind mandible claw death grip um, on his chest um, which causes Spike to I mean just crumple over in pain and Vincent's like is that all you got yeah. um, so you, you learn here that like like right here like Spike just took the fucking wood to him and you see that I mean clearly Vincent has some kind of well, he's already fucked in the head, but you, you kind of start to put two and two together. That maybe he's you know pretty badass and has some kind of some kind of special forces training because you, you remember. Oh yeah, the tattoo. He was special forces. He's he's probably taken an ass whooping worse than that before, and probably knows how to dish it as well. Um, which he fucking does. He just picks up Spike by the nap of the fucking neck and drags him through the car and just pushes him out like a window and is holding him over the window with a gun like in his chest. Yep, and that's when uh, like Electra pops back up, and uh, she holds Vincent at gunpoint. He just looks at her and just fucking just blows Spike away. Yeah, shoots him basically right in the torso. Oh so, yeah. So Spike falls, um, and then we see Vincent. He has like a another little like grenade bomb type thing. Yep. Um, I and mean, this is one of those scenes where like the the animation is like pretty top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the explosion basically, we see the explosion happen. Uh, and then Vincent, obviously, he disappears. Uh, and then we we see Spike's kind of like dreaming a little bit, and he's hearing like Jet's voice in his head. Uh, and then he wakes up, and we see uh, Laughing Bull again. Yeah, everyone's favorite engine, Laughing Bull. Yeah, and basically, he says like that it's not his time to go. Um, yeah. Jet shows Which up. Which is funny considering because I believe we forgot to mention that this uh, this movie takes place between episodes twenty two and twenty three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of the tie-in with the show at this point. That I mean, you, that, that, that's kind of how you know that it's taking place, you know, during the series as opposed to, like, its own standalone thing. Right. Yeah, and then we get Jet. He shows up, and uh, he kind of realizes they they might be in a little bit over their head. Uh, oh, yeah, this is big. This, this is isn't, big this is an, an ordinary bounty. Like, it started off as, like, a simple, quick little bounty to grab before he got home, and then now we got some guy that's basically threatening the planet of Mars. And we've got bioterrorism at its largest. Yep. And then, um, I know it goes, it cuts back to Electra here for a second. And, uh, she gets, uh, pretty much, uh, <laughs> your badge, your gun on my desk. Mm-hmm. You're off, you're off the case. Electra is <clears throat> pretty much what happens. And I know they, uh, her supervisors like pretty much, susp- uh, they suspend her and she's like on, on like, uh, like under surveillance, something like that. Yeah. They, they basically put her on, Surveillance duty, essentially. Yep, you're off the case. Um, but anyhow, we're back now. We're back at the Bebop. Everybody's back. Well, I, I guess except for Faye. Um, and Edward hacks into uh, the pharmaceutical computers just to try and find some more information about them, and finds out that the truck that exploded earlier was carrying macadamia nuts, or basically like a code name. Quote, quote. Yeah, right. it's, it's, it was an R and D truck, straight up. 
Yeah, and uh, they find they find out about Mindelo, which we heard his name earlier. Uh, he's one yep. of the people that uh, Electra was actually ordered to kill. Um, yep, and this is where we actually see that this part, it's actually Rashid. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we see that here? Because they show a picture of him, don't they, right here? Where um, we see that Mindelo is actually Rashid, who um, gave Spike the vase in the, um, in yep. the marketplace. Yep. Um, and it goes, again, you find out these nanomachines were, uh, he, well, he, he, Rashid, or Mindelo, was a nanoscientist, um, and he ma- he actually made these nanomachines. Um, and because they, I want to say they're, they were, it was kind of like a cover-up because they weren't supposed to be for, like, military use. They weren't supposed to be a weapon. Um, but when they were stolen for and they were used as a weapon, they tried to cover it up or something like that because they didn't want they didn't want the thing getting leaked. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then we, uh, we flash back to Faye. She basically wake, wakes up in this apartment building. Um, yep. Because don't we still see, um, what's his name's dead fucking carcass laying there? Yeah, Samson's still there. Yeah. And then um uh she basically asked Vincent like what what his goals are essentially like why is he doing this um and yep. he he basically and, oh, okay. He basically says that he was uh like a like a test subject uh and he, he's talking about his time when he was on Titan which we know obviously from the show Titan or from yeah. the, the series I should say. Cuz that, that, that's where uh cuz Grin fought in uh on the war on Titan. Yep. Yeah, great. Not to be confused with Attack on Titan. Right. We'll get to that at another point. <laughs> That's another cast for another day. That's right. And uh, and he also tells her basically that she has some of his blood, uh, basically just to keep her from dying. Uh, which which obviously I think she gave to her from the gunshot wound in his hand. Um, but anyhow, uh, Spike has basically found. Mendelo or Rashid, however you want to call him, basically finds out that he had deleted all the data uh, that that he could three years ago. Um, this is where I think Spike gets captured because basically uh, they're trying to keep this all under wraps, essentially, like the pharmaceutical company. And this is where these soldiers show up and corner Spike and capture him. Yeah, and don't they don't they like um, don't they detain Electra? Don't they detain Electra too? Um, cause isn't, um, cause does she, cause isn't she immune to the virus just like, uh, just like Vincent is? I think cause she, I, oh, cause they find out like she, she is the vaccine or has the vaccine. I believe she is. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think that's kind of her connection with Vincent and why her, they, I, I get the vibe and I don't remember if this is true that they were a thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. But because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she's immune, and they catch that because because she, she, I guess, because in the explosion she would have been affected on the train, but she wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's right. Because um, when they're, I, all I know is while you're looking that up, I know um, you know, her and Spike are pretty much in the clink together, and they're just telling stories. Um, she talks about Vincent. He talks about Julia. Um, so there's that kind of you know that kind of moment where you know you kind of gets sucked back into Spike's kind of, you know, overarching narrative here. And I know, you know, from there we're back where Vincent and Faye pretty much, you know, this is, this is the, you know, the scene that's very textbook where the villain pretty much reveals his plan to everybody. He's going to, uh, 
he's going to infect everybody during the uh, the Halloween, I guess, the Halloween celebration. And then this is where, you know, and he knows that she knows Spike. Like, it's just, you know, Vincent knows more than Faye realizes. Yeah, and this is and where... He actually offers Faye, it's like, you know, you can come with you know, kind of like come with me kind of thing. Um, and right around this time, our man, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Marota from earlier comes looking for the rest of his... Uh, rest of his payment and all he gets for his troubles is a fucking bullet to the grill <laughs> yeah i think he, he also i think he stabs him i believe Does he stab, i can't remember if he shoots him or stabs him yeah i think he actually stabs him because actually after vincent leaves well we'll get to it later but uh Faye ends up using that knife to kind of make her own escape um you don't say yeah you don't say well we'll get to that won't we um but uh Vincent basically tells Faye that he'll be where the earth meets the heavens, is the quote that he tells her. Uh, and then we kind of flash back to Spike and Electra. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to do their, their best prison escape here, their, uh, you know, prison break, jail break, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I want to say they, um, they grab um, one of the detectives that we, that's uh, one of the main detectives that we've seen throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they get, they, they, um, they grab his gun and just one of the random guards. Um, <clears throat> yep. Make their, I don't say they, um, they basically f- get make their escape, and then uh, Spike basically he just suggests that they should get more of the the anti nanobots before they leave. Um, so basically, yep, I want to say they uh, they get they get tracked. The ISSP actually catches wind of uh like that they're oh they're gonna, they're going to hit the water treatment plant. Cause what better way to spread a virus than slapping it right in the water? I've seen the crazies. I know how this works. <laughs> Um, but I want to say when they get there, they find just a dud. It's just a dud jack-o'-lantern. There's nothing there. Yep. It's just like a... Just like a, a decoy to throw them off the scent. It's like, it's like the, it's like the pancake syrup in Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, we, we kind of flash back to Faye. Uh, uh-huh. she, she uses the knife, pulls it out of, uh, Murata, or whatever his name was. Uh-huh. Uh, cuts herself free and calls Jet, basically, to, to warn him about everything that's going on. It's going to be dispersed in the jack o' lanterns um, during the uh, during the Halloween. Uh, thing. You, you've seen you've seen the original Batman with Michael Keaton, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Right. Same thing. The only difference is we don't have Party Man by Prince. Uh, not Party Man. We don't have uh, Crust by Prince playing in the background during the Halloween parade. Yeah, very unfortunate there. <laughs> I know it's a it's a huge misplay, Cowboy Bebop. You should know better. Yeah, and then uh, this is where Jet. Or not yet. This is where Spike and Electra they kind of they show up and they have the anti nanobot liquid stuff basically whatever whatever it is to fight this. Uh, they got virus. some tussing. It's just some tussing. They're good. Spike essentially leaves. Faye goes to go to the climate control station basically to make it rain. While and this is where uh, Jet and Electra they basically Spike tells them to find twenty planes essentially. Yeah, and uh, basically, yeah. So we got Spike getting chased by soldiers. Faye's going to make it rain, and then Jet and Electra they they basically get these, like you said, these kind of like ragtag ships. Uh, and actually, I think it's the same trio that we see in the episodes. And, uh, the old men, the old crop dusters. Uh, are they, what are they, uh, I don't remember what their names are. Um, but, but yeah. they're the same the old men because they, they still say the same old shit. Uh, they're like, well, that's the way it was in our day, or whatever. Like they, they, they have that same bit of dialogue, so you know it's them. Yeah, so they're basically 
Jobin, and I don't remember the other two. Jobin's one of them. That's all I know. Yeah, they're getting ready to essentially like spread the anti nanobots. Yep, essentially crop dusting, crop duster style. They're you know the old uh, Russell Cass. Yeah, so Independence they, Day style. Yeah, they kind of have this whole plan. Basically, Faye's gonna make it rain. They're gonna do this, and uh, uh-huh. Spike's gonna attempt to find Vincent. Um, and he's able to basically fight off the people, the guys in the other ships that are chasing him. Um, but he his ship's damaged, so he's got to land. Uh, fortunately, right where he lands, there's a taxi there. Uh, How convenient. And he opts in that, and uh, he kind of sees like a, it's sort of like a like an Eiffel Tower type thing. Obviously, we're on Mars mm-hmm. here. Um, and he assumes that's the, like the bridge to heaven. All right. Well, where the where the where the earth meets the heaven. Yeah, where the earth meets the heaven. You, you kind of figure it's like well, he's he's like when he says that to Faye earlier, like he's clearly going to be in a tall building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Spike he, ta- he he takes the elevator up there, and their fight kind of ensues. Um, oh, they they come to fucking licks one more time, sir. And uh, I, I want to say they like he shoots Spike. Spike shoots Vincent like right through the fucking hand. Yeah, he, actually, like he, he shoots him through the hand, and he shoots him in the, in like the stomach area, like in the right, dorsa. Yeah, Spike blasts him, and they 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 come to fucking blows again. And uh, Spike takes the fucking left foot of fury to his ass because um, <laughs> I know he's got him like up against a like a girder, and he just starts kicking the shit out of him. Yeah, we're talking we're talking some Chun Li action here. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of when I was watching it too. Um, and they're and they're talking throughout this whole uh, exchange. He basically reveals. That he purposely didn't kill Spike earlier, um, but he, he intends to now. And then we kind of flash to Electra, and she see she see she's down on the street, basically at the parade. Uh, realizes where they're at. She takes the elevator up there. Yep, and I know it comes to a point where um, like Vincent has the little detonator, and he lets he he lets the stuff off, like he 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 shoots it, and, or he he presses the thing to detonate. Yeah, um, he, he kind of gets the upper hand on Spike. Um, takes out the detonator, presses it, and this is where we see like all the jack o' lantern floats. Um, yep. And one of the things I actually like about this fight with Spike and Jen, like it, it's pretty like hard hitting, like the way it's animated, like they're like there's like I mean they're like fucking like using both hands, like hitting them in the face. Spike is just just like, I, I don't know what it is like the, the the fights with him and Vincent in this movie are just pretty visceral, and I I don't know they're just, they're animated so well they they. they those like this scene and the train scene like definitely stand out for just how the fight scenes are animated. Like it's like the the, the, the punches have weight to them. The kicks have you know like an impact to them. You know. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm actually it kind of bums me out that like we didn't get a fight scene really with vicious like to this extent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's. I'm glad you said that because it makes it, it it man. I think if we would have gotten like a full on like visceral like I, like it almost and we'll talk about that when we wrap up like i really genuinely wish that this movie would have been the ending of cowboy bebop yeah i think i well, we'll talk about that, but we'll dive more into that when we uh finish our synopsis yeah i think i just wish we got more time with vicious um but anyhow back sure. back to this uh we'll get to that in a little bit like you said back to the gas basically then when all the stuff's there the jack lantern floats they're basically exploding um, Spike, he's affected by the virus now, um, and Vincent's kind of got him at gunpoint. He's, there's like these, I don't even know what to call them, they're like little like butterflies basically flying that you see. Yeah, because, well, he's, he's been like hallucinating those pretty much the entire movie. Yeah. Like, cause he's pretty, pretty much he's gone insane. 
is you know what you start to deduce, and he's you know, he's he's got like the ultimate PTSD. Yeah, and he's asking Spike all these questions like, "Was Titan real? Are these butterflies real? Is this all just a dream?" Yep. And this is where Electra she she comes up the elevator. Um, she fucking she fucking bl- she just anyway she starts blasting. Mm-hmm. She shoots him. He falls. Um, he didn't actually. This is where you learn that they were a fucking thing. Yeah, he basically he now he remembers his past with her, and, and he just once he remembers that he just he just dies. Yep. <laughs> And then uh, we see uh, Faye and Jet. They're they're basically flying above where all this is going down at. Um, obviously, the plan that they had worked. Like the rain, she got it to rain. They yeah. they crop dusted all the the anti nanobots, and uh, the vaccine was basically spread. And pretty much everything ended up okay. Obviously, Vincent died, and so they won't get their bounty, unfortunately. But Happy ending, yeah. I, guess, I guess, of sorts. It seems like it's a very fitting Cowboy Bebop ending. Oh, it was, it was a very Bebop ending. Because they, they, once again, they didn't get the bounty, did they? Yeah, and the guy, basically Vincent dies, and then the movie ends, essentially, like right then. Yeah. Not much yeah. to it. Our, our our characters live another day, for now at least. And, uh, that's no, it. man, so, like, overall, dude, fucking, like, it's such a, just such a well-paced, just such a great fucking ride man like i absolutely love this movie yeah i think i think them putting it is it between episodes 22 and 23 or 23 and 24 uh i want to it's whichever one 24 25 26 it's 23 and 24 if i'm not mistaken i know it's before um, ed leaves because obviously. it happens obviously it happens before the episodes where everybody starts to leave yeah i think that's a great decision of them putting in this movie like right in that slot because like big shot hasn't been canceled you still got all the characters with us Yep. And I know, well, the one thing, uh, we didn't touch on this, like, I know, like, during the credits, there's just kind of like, you know, like, the aftermath, like, everybody's just kind of watching the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say they see, like, don't they see, like, things falling from the sky, or... You're talking about, like, yeah, d- during, like, the yeah. ending credits? Yeah, there's, like, stuff going on in the end credits, but it mostly just, like, flashes to other scenes, where, like, it shows, like, Ed fishing, mm-hmm. guys playing cards, um, Spike back in the little, uh a little Moroccan street area. And that's, that's really it. And it goes, that's right. The movie ends with Spike back on. Like the, like the last thing you see is like Spike back on the couch mm-hmm. um, where he was sleeping and he sees one of those little butterflies fly by and he like grabs it. Yeah, he kind of like reaches um, his hand up. Yeah, and there's nothing in his hand. So it has this kind of like, this little thing is like, and I think the last words are, are you living in the real world? Yeah. And it is between episodes 22 and 23, so... Okay. I see that now. Um, but yeah, that is that is the Cowboy Bebop movie. Dude, just... I can't urge people enough to watch this fucking thing. Yeah, I, I, re- like it's, I really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of anime movies are... They're mostly filler. Um, which this one, I, I would say, is as well. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about the Bebop crew that I just enjoy more than a lot of other well, anime they, casts. Well, they've got characters, man. They got character, man. They they all have, like, I don't know. And I think they all have for, for as like lethargic and just kind of like lackadaisical as they seem sometimes. They've got a lot of character. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just fun characters. Like, and they just, and, and you know, again, like super down on their luck, like this whole thing, I guess we can kind of talk about, you know, everything now that we're here at the end. Um, you know, just throughout the series in this movie, like, 
you, you start to become attached to these characters. Like they're 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 not. I don't want to think you find they're not really good people, and they've all got their past. But like you learn to like you just learn to like like they become like family almost, right? And you become attached to that while the you know while the show is happening. Uh, except for Ed. Ed, Ed's fucking Ed, and Ayn is probably the most even keel thing on that ship. Hey, I mean, Ayn found Vincent, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Ayn is the smart. Uh, he's the smartest person in the room. So, um, but overall, like, I, I think, I think my only gripe with the movie, and we, I kind of said it a little bit before, I genuinely wish this was the end of the show, because um, I think, well, also, I think Vincent was a much cooler character than Vicious. Um, and I think we got to see them, you know, engage in fisticuffs more. Like, I think they could have easily... Uh, granted, obviously, the movie came later, so Vincent was more of an afterthought, whereas Vicious definitely was, you know, more of a thought-out, you know, protagonist or antagonist, I should say. Um, but I wouldn't have minded if, you know, maybe the story of the movie was how the show ended and replaced Vincent with Vicious. Um or vice, you know, or something like that. I, I think, you know, I just think everything that happened in this movie was just absolutely great. And I, I wish that's how the show would have ended. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I think I just wish that we got more time with Vicious in the actual show, uh, just because, mm-hmm. like you said, we got. It seems like we. I know more about Vincent than I do about Vicious. Mm-hmm. And I watched twenty six no, episodes of the anime, so it's it kind of. I don't know. I just wish we got more time, and obviously the animation is just. The next level above. Obviously, the original show has good animation and everything like that, but the animation in this movie is just great. Oh, absolutely. It was very, very much that cutting edge, early 2000s, when anime really started to change as far as theatrical quality, which I thought was really, really cool. But um, no, overall, Cowboy Bebop still stands as you know one of the greatest series of all time. I enjoyed watching it through another time. I, I'm actually super bummed that I didn't have a chance to watch the movie but again i mean you could just hear me talking about it i, I absolutely love the movie so i can i can talk about that all fucking day long yeah it's great um, it's crazy I, I know you've seen the movie a lot because i've watched the movie twice this week and uh you were remembering parts that i was forgetting and you hadn't even watched it so like like i've seen the movie a lot like a, a lot um like there was a time where um, as soon as it was available on DVD, I bought it and I watched it like every day. It was a movie like I would cut on and fall asleep to. Um, it was something that if I wanted like background noise while I was like doing chores or something, or you know if I was doing anything else and I just wanted something in the background playing Cowboy Bebop was the background movie. It was my go-to. Um, so I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. Like I think the only other movie I've seen more than that is maybe Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so. I absolutely love it, and I could talk about it all day long. But Chris, well, that's all, uh-huh. we're base. That, yeah. This is we've reached the end of the road for Cowboy Bebop for now. Uh-huh. We have Space Cowboy. That is the end of the line for Bebop for now until we finally get this live action thing off the ground. Or if they, uh, you know, if they release more, we'll, uh, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and put this one in the archives. And right now, Cowboy Bebop is number one on the list because it's the only one that we've. That's right. We got uh, reviewed <laughs> on our on our rankings here that I got written down. I got Cowboy Bebop as the best animated series, uh, yeah. and then I have Knocking on Heaven's Door as the best animated movie of all time. So, well, how about that? You heard it here, folks. How about that? <laughs> it's there. But there Chris, it is. And, uh, and honestly, uh, be 
Bebop is that's going to be a hard one to dethrone. Um, I, I could see you know a, a Ghibli movie doing it, but it, it's a good movie. And I, I urge anybody if you're new into anime or if you've or if you love anime and you haven't seen this one in a while, fucking find it, download it, buy it, fucking watch it. It's it's completely worth it. It's so great. But Cody, that, yeah, that our journey's not over yet. What um, we put out our first poll last week of what's going to be coming next, and we have the winner. Yeah, we do, Chris. Uh, we have uh, Afro Samurai has won has won the poll with a whopping fifty mm. percent of the votes. Guys, we are uh, real quick. We are coming with that number one headband. That's right. And just real quick, guys, uh, just a quick plug for our Twitter account. If you guys want to vote on these polls and decide basically what we watch next and what we review next. You gotta follow us at Shonen and Suds, S H O N E N A N D S U D S on Twitter. Uh, we were g- basically we we're gonna try and do these polls on Facebook, but Facebook has removed the poll option. Um, so we kind of gotta shift things around. Even though we're not very active Twitter users, we're gonna have to learn to be basically. Uh, but anyhow, That's Chris, right. you're just the man for the job. Yeah, see, I, I, I'll, I'll learn. I'll learn how to do it. You know. Uh, <laughs> But Chris, I'm too old. Watching me tweet is like an old person using like young. It's it's like it's like an old man saying "yeet." See, I felt <laughs> out of place just saying that. <laughs> um, so, but Chris, you're just the man for the job. What? Why don't you go ahead? And, what's your history with Afro Samurai? Have you seen it before? Uh, yes, actually, I have. That was one. Um, now, honestly, I have not seen Resurrection. Okay. So which you, I know we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those ones that I've always been meaning to watch, but it was just always like, I'll get to it, and it always just kind of fell further and further down the queue. But the OG Afro Samurai, whichever one, it was like the, it was like what if... Yeah, um, just five like episodes. Yeah, it like combined into a movie first. There's five episodes, yeah. There's also a movie that's basically like a... It's just, a it's, yeah, it's just the condensed version, basically. Gotcha, because I think that's what I've seen, and I actually, I love it, because I, I think Samuel L. Jackson's great in it, fucking Ron Perlman's great in it, um, and I love the, the villain, Justice, you said his name was? Yeah, I, um, I believe his name's Justice. I love that villain, like, I love the opening scene where he fucking kill, he kills Afro's pappy, as he calls him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. that shit's so gas. Yeah, like how you said, uh, you used to watch the Cowboy Bebop movie as, like, background noise. I know me and my brother, we own Afro Samurai Resurrection, so I've seen the movie a million times, you know? It used to be like what we threw on before we went to bed, basically. Wait, so is, is Resurrection the movie telling of the original? No, no, no. Resurrection is the sequel to the to the show. Okay. Gotcha. So, gotcha. You, so you got the five episodes, and then you got like a, the synopsis movie. That's like the condensed okay. version. And then you have Resurrection as the sequel. Gotcha. Which also gotcha. got nominated no. for an Emmy, believe it or not. No shit. Oh, shit, I did not know that. So this will actually be fun. Like I, I, I will be super happy to take a trip down memory lane and watch Afro Samurai again. Um, and I'll be excited to actually watch Resurrection for the first time. Yeah, guys. So if you guys want to follow along with us this this week coming up, we're just going to be reviewing the first five episodes of Afro Samurai. Yep. Well, so it's essentially, it's essentially the first Af- Afro Samurai. So yep. Yeah. It's, what we're going to do? We're doing the five episodes, the full, the whole, the full Monty. That's right. And then we'll do Resurrection the following week. Um, so are yeah. we going to do the five episodes and then we're, are we going to do the, the synopsis movie or are we just going to shelve that and just do the five episodes if we can find the synopsis movie I, I was looking and I, I, I'm i having some trouble uh, 
I don't know if you heard this week, Chris, but uh, Kiss Anime actually shut down. So I did, I did. Um, the, the memes have been great. Yeah, the memes have been fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, we actually have to find other ways to watch anime. Uh, that's not always because uh, you know not everything's available on Hulu or Netflix or that's all true. these things. Um, but but Afro- a good but a good majority is. Yeah, so like, thankfully there's that. Yeah, the first five episodes of Afro Samurai is available on Hulu, Funimation. Mm-hmm. And the movie is as well. So, yep. if you guys want to follow along with that, please do. Uh, Chris, you got anything is else? This, is Resurrection on Netflix? Uh, Resurrection's on Hulu. I know for sure. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about Netflix. I know it used to be. Mm-hmm. I actually own Resurrection, so. Word. And any. I'll find it. Yeah, it's on Hulu. So. Oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yep, and. Yeah, uh, well- Dude, other than that, man, that's all I've got. I was just really fucking excited to talk about the uh, Bebop movie. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, it really is. Um, But yeah, guys, if you guys want to, like I said, follow along with us. Just watch those first five episodes of Afro Samurai and uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Shonen and Suds. Um, Indeed, and next week, Afro Samurai is definitely a beer type of... Um, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna put the hard stuff away, and we're gonna go right back to the Theodore Brewskis when we talk Afro Samurai. Ah, never left, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret cap. All right, all right, guys. Well, I'm Cody Snodgrass, and I'm Chris Adams, and we will see you next time. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever it is you were doing. You're here with us. Take care, guys. <laughs>